0: You're listening to Sex in Iceland with Sikaduc, the sexologist. Here you'll be following on my trips to Iceland, talking about sex, delivering sex ed, stand up about sex and just whatever comes up really. So if you're interested in sex or even if you're just interested in Iceland, this might be something for you. Hey hey hey! I am sitting on top of the world or on top of the pearl, maybe not the world but the pearl The Pearl is a place in um, Reykjavík where most tourists go if they visit Reykjavík. It's this revolving dome restaurant. But I'm sitting on the fifth floor and I think only the fourth floor revolves. I thought it was always the fifth floor. Or maybe they've stopped revolving because I haven't moved since I've been here and I've been here for like an hour. So I'm trying recording in this new cafe, which has an amazing um, view on Reykjavík. I can see Hallgrímskirka, which is the, like, the biggest church in Iceland, like our cathedral. I can see downtown, the west side. I can see ES and the mountain. I can see Æskjöldin, the forest. So if you are going to Reykjavík, this is definitely a cafe that you should check out. It's probably it has the most gorgeous view in Iceland and it, it has very good coffee. And it's run by an Icelandic woman called Atta, and, uh, so she, she, and, and it's like a fair trade and she has um, a good relationship with the farmers where she gets the coffee beans from and it's everything. And they make all their pastries so it's not like store-bought, frozen, you know, shipped over here everything's made from scratch. And it's called Káffitár. So if you're in Iceland, you should definitely check this cafe out. They have, even have a cool museum down, um, down at the bottom on the first floor of, like, Icelandic, I don't know, animals or something. I haven't, I haven't seen it. I'm going to bring my kids there. Oh, celebrity sighting. This is what happens in Iceland. Well, of course, you wouldn't know that being, you know, not local Icelander. But if you were a local Icelander, you would notice that there's a celebrity, in, in, um, celebrity sighting. And they're about to have, like, a, probably a secret business meeting since they're, since they're having their meeting here and not, in, not downtown in some popular cafe. Mm, very interesting. But anyway, this is not the topic for today. I am being derailed once again. The topic for today, I was going to finish the, I was going to do the part two of the um, gentle photo session. Yeah, because I noticed that the last session, the last um, episode ended maybe kind of weirdly where I, I, I made it sound like I had done something indecent towards children, which I would never, ever, ever do. Okay. Okay. Well, I did let my daughter watch Santa Clarita Diet with me on Netflix, which some parents thought was not so cool. But I mean, you know, she was fine with it. Didn't have nightmares or anything. And it's Drew Barrymore. Like, she needs to know who Drew Barrymore is. Out of all the actresses, she needs to know who she is. Anyway, so, derailed again. Um, uh, So when I published the photos, and they went just viral here in Iceland... Like I said, all the media picked them up. Everybody was talking about them. Everybody had seen them. And it was uh, this huge buzz around it. So, and I had been using at that point, it was this was 2014. Um, I had been using gentle photographs for four years in sex ed. So this was nothing new to me. Like everybody knew if they ordered my sex ed. So, oh, I'm freelance. Maybe that, I haven't said that. I'm freelance. So schools um, just hire me and they pay me. So um, yeah, I guess you might call it a contractor as well. Hmm. Anyway, um, so, so schools and administrators know that if they order my sex ed, there will be gentle photographs. OK, so I was asked to do a sex ed in a church, which is, is not something new. It's something I had done before, before um, the kids were getting these were kids who were preparing for the confirmation, which is kids in the 8th grade, so around 13 year olds. And I had done this in quite a few churches, so this was just like a routine thing for me. So I went into this church, um, the priests were there, and some adults as well were present, and I showed the pictures. I didn't just like show them, just to show them, like I showed them, and then we were just like talking about genitals and I was just doing my regular everyday sex ed. But a shit storm was brewing. So, like a week later, um, a week later, it—I I think it leaked in the media before I got—I got the call. I, I don't remember exactly how it ha- happened, but anyways, in the media, all of a sudden, it was like indecent exposure. Sikkaduk exposes herself to a bunch of children in a church, and I'm like, wait, what the hell? And so. The thing was that a parent of one student filed charges of indecent exposure. That's like that's criminal offence here in Iceland. That has like jail time. Um, That I said that by showing those photos, I had it it was similar to me undressing myself and showing them my own genitals. So this was they they felt that this was comparable. Um, Of course, the police had to investigate this and this. Blew up in the media like never before, and all of a sudden the church had to have this dialogue on like where do we stand towards sex ed and the body and sex, and they start had to have the conversation, and the, these priests were weighing in and leaving their comments, and some were like, well she's taking it too far, whereas others were like, well I feel that she has a really healthy approach towards sex, and this is what the church needs to be more like more proactive, needs to talk about in a healthy manner with a professional and. It was, it was each and every way. It went all over, okay? So the, um, the police investigated this. I handed over my slides. They uh, took like an, an, an... What do you say? Interrogated me? I guess so. Okay. Um, and I had explained myself to them and how, where I had done sex ed and how it had been received and I had to let them know that, the, um, that people from the di- di- Directorate of Public Health... I think that's the proper name. Anyway, it's Mbætalandlæknæs. That people there had um, seen these slides and they confirmed that they were okay and that people from Mættamålradaneite, uh, which is um, Iceland's uh, Minister of Education, they had also seen the slides and they knew what I s- said. And so they, all these official bodies, like, know about the sex ed and they deem it appropriate and fine. And so eventually the... Um, police concluded that there was nothing to prosecute there, so the case was just dropped, but still oh, it was so stressful and so weird, and I just went over everything I'd said and done and I was like, oh my god, is this, is this the status of my country? Are we now saying, no, we can't deal with photographs but all we can, and we're always talking about porn and how porn is everywhere and how we're big consumers of porn, but we're not going to have anything to push back we're not going to have any Displays of just normalcy and body diversity we're just gonna you know where are we gonna go so so glad this felt like a huge wave of support from the um, the priests from the religious community from the churches and just from just Icelandic community because most people were like this is outrageous this is no way this, this sex ed is so important and we totally stand behind you and we stand behind it so it's also good to feel that wave of support so the the gentle pictures—they have caused quite a stir. Also, because um, one of the vulva, she has like, yeah, a you know, little bit of smegma, smegma. I don't remember if I said this last episode, but it, she has a little bit of smegma on, on her labia, or two of the vulvas, yeah, actually, on their labia. And um, and one kid in sex ed asked if those, if that was leftover semen from. So, like, leftover overcome from a previous lover. And can you imagine somebody accusing you of cheating when you just have, like, smegma or stuff on your vulva, which is, like, totally normal, and everybody has it? So we're so grateful, because some of the people were like, why would you have vulvas who have smegma? Like, why couldn't those vulvas clean themselves? Like, are, did you just have dirty vulvas? And I'm like, are you serious, people? And i was so glad we even had two members of the trans community Um that joined the vulva shoot so oh business is picking up here at the cafe so I was glad to have that as well to have that representation and I asked ask the question so can you tell um, who is the trans person and of course they always guess and they point at various especially the vulvas and the penis yeah well the penis as well we had also a trans person uh, a penis trans person and they always point at the genitals and they never get it right and they're like tell us tell us which one it is and I'm like "Well, it no, you can't see it from a from the gentles, what the person's identity is, or even orientation. So it's like a mind game. I take them into. I not take them into. Wow, well, that sounded weird. But it's like a mind game. We play. And um, and with the penises, I was really glad. So I got a circumcised penis. Ooh, I might have to do a separate circumcision episode. Seeing as That is hot right now. So we have this bill that was going to go through Congress. Yeah, I don't exactly know. It was going to go through like, um, like a committee before it went through Congress. Or it was not going to go through... No, it didn't go through Congress. They denied it going through Congress and they sent it directly to the government. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because they felt it was like too hot to handle. And that's the circumcision ban. So there's a huge misunderstanding regarding this. Some people are going like, yeah, you should never circumcise penises. And that's not what this um, bill is about at all. It's just about a child's right to, um, to their genitals. So that's what it's about. It's about if you want to circumcise, Later on in life, that's fine, you know, be it because of health issues or religion or whatever, but just don't do it before the kid has the chance to consent that's what the bill is really about, okay? So we had a couple of circumcised penises because, of course, we have circumcised penises in Iceland. We might not have that many, but we do have them, you know, for medical reasons. And sometimes, you know, we have people of different religions here in Iceland. Um, So it's always interesting to be able to show that as well, to show the circumcised penises because that's something foreign to many Icelandic teenagers. And as well... Uh, I like that we have two penises that are like micropenises. One is like a, a micropenis and the other one is just quite small. And the, the reaction that people had to those small penises, they were like, oh my God, can you even have sex with such a small penis? Like, what would I do? One woman said you know what if this was a grown woman she's like if I had a penis like that if I were to like go home from clubbing with a guy like that who had a penis like that I would just like honey I would ring his doorbell you know beep beep and then I would just leave like you can't do anything with a penis like that And the irony is, that's what um, he was told. He was bullied all through high school, and that's what he was always told. Like, you can never have sex, you will never have a partner, you cannot have babies, and you will end up alone, because nobody wants to be with somebody who has such a small penis and can't orgasm with that person. And I love that I can talk about this in sex ed and totally explain why none of that is true, none of that makes sense, and that if you want sex, it is always possible. There is always a way to have sex. And I hope that at least, you know, I hope this is changing some views and maybe broadening the horizon. At least I'm now getting emails from young men here in Iceland who, who feel that they do have a penis that is on the smaller side. And they're like, OK, so what are my options and how does this work? And then I just can explain, you know, you can't be you can't be a person that has a size preference. Sure. Of course, that's out there. But thinking that sex is not possible or can't be satisfactory that or orgasmic that's a total misunderstanding so I love that we have those penises as well and we have a lack of people of color here in Iceland that's just the true story of it so I love that one penis is of color. People are always like, wait, what? How can you call that an Icelander? I'm like, hello, people. We have people of color who are Icelanders. Get with the program. So I think we can open up so many dialogues. And I love talking about flaccid penises and comparing them to like a squishy, like they're so soft and malleable. And, and we talk about the foreskin and how that works. And we talk about how you clean the penis. We talk about the testicles and the balls, the scrotum, we talk about all of it so and and it's so funny the reaction the kids have to the penis photos is usually way worse than they have for the vulva photos for the vulva photos they might go like uh like a little bit of a reaction and then they just calm down and, and look at them. For the penis photos, especially the guys, the guys freak out and they go, I'm not gay. Why are you showing me these photos? I don't want to see that. Ew, those penises are ugly. They're disgusting. And they, they have this like hysterical reaction, which I always find very interesting because I'm like, guys, we go to the local swimming pool where we all, you know, we shower communally. There are no closed off... Um, places for you to hide when you go to the local swimming pool, which is where we're all brought up on going to the local swimming pools. It's just in our culture, something you do on a very regular basis. And there are communal showers. So this is something that you've grown up with seeing. Besides, you have a penis. Like the penis owners are the worst when viewing the penis, especially when viewing semen. Oh my God, they totally just lose their heads. But so This is, um, this I think might conclude the second part of the genital show-and-tell. I still use these photos. I have printed them on postcards. They're actually my business card. I've distributed them all over. I take them with me to conferences when I go abroad and hand them out there. And I always distribute them for free. So they're both, um, oops. So they're both online available and good in like a high resolution for people to use. But then I also distribute them in like a postcard size. And I feel this is really important, you know, body diversity, genital diversity. And if we want to change the dialogue and change the culture, we actually have to do something concrete. We have to change it. We can't just talk about changing it. We actually have to do something to change it. This is my bit. This is what I'm doing. Um, and I might talk about it. Maybe I'll do just a separate episode on that. But um, in 2015, I did, uh, I put together an all-fem identifying artist group uh, consisting of myself and five other artists who had a show for Design March in Reykjavik where the theme was gender and genitals and what's it all got to do with one another and there I used the photos as well but um, I had I took one body and made three versions of it so one was untouched one was genitals removed and one was um, photoshopped so it had if you will the opposite genitals of of what it um, had when it when the person was in the photo shoot so if it had a, if the person had a vulva in the photo shoot in my original photo shoot and it, it, we would have a picture of that person with a vulva with a penis and without genitals and i had these photos hanging together and then i asked people who's original and people are just like, oh, well, you can always tell by the hips and you can tell by body hair and you can tell by, you can tell by, and just listening to their dialogue, people were turned on their head and they were like, oh my God, this is fucking with my brain. You have to tell me who's original. And they were staring at these gentles and these naked bodies for such a long time. You could only see really um, the hips and just like, um, just right below the crotch area. And they were like, but, but I would always be able to tell. Why wouldn't I be able to, to tell? And my whole thing was, why is it important to tell? What does that tell you? Why should you be able to tell? What are we talking about here when we're talking about gender and we're talking about genitals? Why is it so important? So here we are. Peritlan. And it's so funny because I've heard the clitoris named or called the pearl. So it felt quite uh, fitting to do this podcast at the Pearl, sitting on my pearl, talking about the pearl. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this episode, and I think for the next episode, Mm, we might actually talk about people who masturbate at work I did this study here in Iceland not like a huge big um, formal study but just like a, a little thing that I popped online but I had over 3,000 people who answered it so the results are kind of interesting so until next time ta-ta for now Sigaduk is a runout. out this this week's episode of Sex in Iceland with Sikadak, the sexologist. If you have any comments, questions, or required...